Nathan. Well, it's great to be here this morning, and we are just about to launch into a new series, just a little mini-series before we start the church-wide series. So if you've just arrived today, it's your first time with us, you've come at a really good time. As we start this, sto- this uh, series called Renew, uh, throughout the Bible, there is a theme and a number of scriptures that speak of God renewing us. Uh, bringing life to us, transforming us. And we're gonna look at a few of those passages within this series. I don't know about you, but I I love watching those TV shows of transformation. Back a little while ago, uh, there was Backyard Blitz. Uh, They they would go into a backyard, it's overgrown, it's dirty, uh, it needs uh, tender care, and then they'll just totally transform that. And there's this little bit of a wow moment towards the end where you see the end result, nicely laid turf, maybe a play equipment or whatever it might be, but it's incredible, the, the transformation. You see the before and you see the after and you are, it's just, it's a wow moment. Similarly, um, there's loads of uh, restoration programs, um, renovating houses and things like this and I, I love that moment. And so if I'm watching those shows, I've actually been through a series where I just look at it at the start, I fast forward to the end, and then I just look at the end and that's it for me. That's, that's what I wanna see. I wanna see the difference. I wanna see the change. And, and it's about that moment where it's like, wow, that is incredible. And so if we look at this series of Renew, this, this is what God does. God takes my life or your life takes it in in whatever situation it's in, works upon it and makes us new and brings new life that it's different, noticeably different and that people might even say, wow, what what has happened through that process? And that's what we're gonna look at throughout this series. Now within our church, I know a, a, a man that's been a part of a renovation or renewal project on a motorbike, Russ Hall, um, has been renovating or renewing a, a motorbike. Uh, this motorbike is a Ducati 900 SS replica. If you're like me, that meant not too much to me, but I did a little bit of research on this uh, motorbike. Uh, back a while in the 70s, Ducati weren't really in the whole Grand Prix like racing motorbike scene, but they created a, a Ducati, they built one, after a few years they had one that won the b- big GP in Italy. And it was a lot like this. And it became really popular and people wanted to ride it. So what this is, is like a racing bike just made legal to go on the open road. That's what this is. Uh, I love what I just read in research. I love this little quote about it. It says, the Ducati original 900 Super Sport was one of the most single-minded sporting superbikes that ever devoured an innocent road. Do you like that? (laughs) Some people are good with words, aren't they? (laughs) Devoured an innocent open road. Power, it has power. 217 kilometres an hour is the capacity of this bike. I asked Russ, I said, Russ, would this bike go 217? Very wisely he said, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how fast. He had the right answer for the pastor there at the moment. (laughs) But it's powerful. But the reality is, is this bike for 20 years, and we'll have some photos up there in a moment, this, this bike for 20 years was sitting in a garage. It couldn't be ridden, it wasn't working, it was gathering dust. 
built for power, built for speed, built for the roads, it was just stuck in a garage gathering dust. If we have a look at some of the photos of when Russ picked it up, he picked it up, there's the engine and then the next shot will show you a little bit of the frame. And Russ took every little piece of this bike apart and he washed it or made sure it was clean and working. Um, He took the frame apart and they sandblasted that and put an undercoat and they painted it. He got professionals in to do some of these jobs. But every single part was taken apart, was restored to what it was originally created to be and then put together that what was left in a garage, not even able to be ridden, could be this, that Russ can ride. And this is what God wants to do in our lives. This is what God promises to do in our lives. To take us wherever we are, whatever sense um, of being broken, uh, not functioning fully, and restore us to the best version of ourselves, what he originally created us to be in his image, more and more like Jesus, to do what he has created for us to do. That is what God wants to do. And as we might look at this bike and be inspired or a TV show and be inspired, we too can be inspired as believers that this is what God wants to do in changing us. And I hope you are inspired. I hope you're like, wow, that is amazing. Let me be part of that. Because he promises to do it. And so today, that's what this series will be like, but today we wanna uh, focus in on one passage of scripture which speaks about renewal, uh, at the renewal of our mind. In Romans 12, one to two, Paul writes this. He says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then this verse we'll focus on today. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I'll just read that verse two in in the New Living Translation as well. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Before I go too far, at the start of this passage, it's got a therefore. And if you look at the, the book of Romans, You can break it up in different ways, but one way you can break it up is that the first 11 chapters are Paul's best explanation of the gospel, just systematically teaching the gospel of Jesus, what Jesus has done. So you you read in those passages that we have all fallen short of God's glory, that we've all sinned. Doesn't matter, every person in humanity has sinned. And it speaks about the wages of sin being death. But the good news of Jesus is that in him we have the gift of eternal life, that in Jesus we can be justified, made right with God. And from that place of being in relationship, now a son or a daughter of God and in relationship with God, he gives new life, the Holy Spirit comes in and there's the way of the Spirit spoken about in Romans 8. 
The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives within us for new life. And maybe today you've never entered into that relationship. Maybe you've never really understood what church is about. Well, this is the good news. Those first 11 chapters are the good news of Jesus, that he loves you, that he's come for you, he's died for you, he's made a way of forgiveness and made a way that you can relate to him. You can walk with him. And I know some, some people think, oh, I could never be a Christian, I'm not good enough. Well, none of us can. We're all forgiven, but he gives a Holy Spirit within us that begins to change us from the inside out. That is the good news. And the first 11 chapters are there. And then the last portion of the book is all about the outworking of this. Because this has been done, this is the way that you now live. And in the hinge of that is this Romans 12, one to two, where he says, because of all that in the first 11 chapters, let that renew your mind Let that change your mind, totally just, I guess, download that into you, and as you do that, the way you live will be completely different. And that's where we are in these two verses, like a hinge verse. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we read that little verse, we'll see that there are two forces (laughs) upon us. He says, firstly, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. J.B. Phillips translates it this way. It says, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. So Paul is saying, in light of all that, in light of being a child of God, receiving me, all the, the blessing that comes from knowing God, now in that, now do not be conformed to the ways and thinking of this world. You've gotta guard against that. that. That's gonna be coming at you. But resist that. You're not made for this world. You're living in my kingdom a different way. Resist that. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't be conformed by what the world values, what's important, what are the priorities of the world, the way the world thinks. Don't act and live like the world. Do not be conformed in that way, he is saying. A little while ago, I was doing a sermon on creation. I love looking at creation, different creatures, and one of of my favorite places to go is up to sea life and see what God's created. But I was watching a YouTube clip on the mimic octopus. I don't know if you know it, but it's got this incredible ability to change its color according to what's around it. So you might see it there in that picture. It's sort of blending in with the, the sea floor. But if it was standing on a, a, like a rock, if it was sitting itself on a rock, it would be able to just immediately change to be brown or black. Or if it was amongst greenery, it would just change to be green. And it's like nearly invisible. But it does that in a blink of an eye, like as it floats around if it's trying to hide. And you watch an amazing YouTube clip on that where you can hardly see the difference. It's conforming to what's around it. And Paul is saying, you know, understand now as a Christian, as a child of God, do not conform to the views and the values and the ways of this world. You've been created for something more. And on the positive side, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
transformed. The word used there, the, the, the Greek um, word is the basis for metamorphosis. And so you might think of the, the change that happens in the life of a butterfly. Um, you know, metamorphosis speaks of being changing its nature um, and def defined by either natural means or supernatural means, there is a transformation that's happening. So here you have this, this tiny caterpillar goes into a cocoon and there's a process that takes place for it to become the beautiful butterfly that it is. That, that's the, the word, be transformed in this way. Uh, there's stages in that process. It doesn't happen like that. I think we need to know the changing of us doesn't necessarily happen. We'd want it to happen like that, but it's a process, step by step. I bet Russ would have loved to just put this in the garage and come back the next day, and there it is. But he pulled it apart. One bit by one bit, he went through processes, he went through stages, but over a period of time, two and a half years, then it was restored. For us, that is a lifetime of just constantly being renewed, our minds being renewed, and us being transformed. I wanna encourage us in two ways as we think about that transformation pro uh, process. One is that it is a process. Sometimes we can be frustrated when we, we're struggling with something and we think, oh, I did this last week or last month or whatever, but sometimes we just need to look back a little bit further and say, well, five years ago, like God has changed me, God is molding me, God is shaping me, he's transforming me over time. So be encouraged, he is doing that work within us. And the other way, I wanna encourage us and take note of this. I love in that, the illustration of the butterfly, it's like a biological process is happening. What, what's the caterpillar doing? Like it's sleeping, right? But it wakes up, changed. A, a biological process has begun. And if you're a believer in Jesus today, I wanna to encourage you that the Holy Spirit, the nature of God is living in you. The seed has been planted and he will change you. It's, it's his spirit working within you. Your job is just to cooperate with him, to surrender to him, to allow him to come and change your heart. Let me explain it in this way. And, um, I'm gonna bring out a little bit of Greek, not to uh, impress you at all because I nearly failed Greek at Bible college, but I can read what others say about the Greek words. This, the tense of this is, it's a, a passive imperative. Be transformed. I, imperative means you must do this, do this. But it's called a passive imperative because you are passive in that process. Someone else is active upon you is the words used here. So it's like God is gonna change you, but you cooperate with him. You are, you're passive in that. He will change you. Just cooperate with him. Allow his spirit to work in your life. Follow the promptings of the spirit. Move in line with him and you will be changed. It's not all up to you. Just come to God and allow him to change and follow him. He will do that work. C.E.B. Cranfield, who I don't know, but he must be a Greek expert, speaks of the passive imperative and he says this. The use of the passive imperative, be transformed, is consonant with the truth that while this transformation is not the Christian's own doing, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit, they nevertheless have a real responsibility in the matter. To let themselves 
be transformed. Not resist God, but to respond to the leading and the pressure of God's spirit. The transformation is not something which is brought about in an instant, it is continually repeated. Or rather, it is a process, process which has to go on all the time in the Christian life. It's gonna be continually happening in our life, this process of transformation. I wanna encourage you, if you're a believer, God is working in your life to, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to obey the Holy Spirit, to keep him at the center of our lives and in our minds. As we look at this process of transformation, where does it happen? It says in the renewing of your minds. As your mind is renewed, you will then be transformed is the language here. It's happening in your mind. And when I began thinking about this and praying about this and researching a little bit about this sermon, I was reminded by, at the power of the mind of your mind and my mind, the power it has. It is the control center of our lives. There's nothing that you do or will do that did not start with a thought, thinking, thinking in your mind. Let me just explain a little bit. Like if I sometimes go to the, the uh, cupboard to get breakfast, I will usually get Weebix, but there's been times I go there and I'm, I don't want Weebix, I'm just gonna have toast. So me having toast started with a thought, just very simply, I wouldn't have had toast unless it wasn't first an idea in my mind. Uh, maybe it's larger things than just your breakfast. Maybe you were driving home from work one day at 7 p.m. and you thought, I just, I don't like this job. I'm always away from my family. You start thinking that. That thought begins to take root in your mind. You know, maybe, maybe I should get a new job, maybe something that's a bit more family friendly and it's starting to percolate in your heart and then you actually act upon that and you change jobs or careers or whatever. But where did it start? It started as a thought. Our thoughts are powerful. We need to be aware of how we're thinking, what we're thinking, because it impacts how we live. A number of times here this morning, I've said to you that God wants to come and transform your life. He wants to come and renew you from the inside out. And as soon as I said that, you probably had a thought. It, it might have been. I, I'm betting amongst of all of us, someone would have said, not this again, I've heard that before. I'm just, just honest. Like I, some people probably, the thought came in your mind, I've heard that before, it's not for me. And do you see how that thought then has just cut off any sense or form that God could, the God of the universe, the God who's, who's raised the dead could come and change your life because of a thought? Some of you might have thought, oh, I want that. I'm like, I need renovating, I need changing. You're like leaning in, I'm gonna try and listen to everything I can. Your thought is, is, is moving into your heart and you're wanting to respond to that. You're, you're always thinking, as I continue to preach, you will be thinking. And those thoughts will then begin to dictate how you live or what impact these thoughts have on your life. Let me give you some examples in the scriptures of the way just a simple thought impacts a life. You might remember um, Moses was leading the people out of Egypt, the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. And he sent out 12 spies and they all went and looked at the land of Canaan that was promised to them. God said, I'm gonna give you this. 
10 came back and said, yep, God can do it. They had thoughts of faith, thoughts of trusting God and believing God, but 10 came back and said, no way. The people in that, that land are like giants. They are massive, they're strong, fortified cities. There is no way that we can take that land. Their thoughts were ones of doubt, ones of fear. They said, they, they, they look at us and they'll be thinking we're like grasshoppers. And then they began to tell others and spread lies within the camp and all of a sudden, there was, people were filled with fear because of a thought. Now, if you read on in that story, do you know what the truth was? When Joshua met Rahab, she said, do you know what? Our hearts have been melting in fear because we heard how God rescued you from Egypt. That was the truth, they were melting in fear, but this one thought, this one doubt meant that they walked for 40 years in the desert. You see how a thought, a thought of, of worry or anxiety, not a disbelief, not trusting God impacted. What about King David? King David's there in his palace and he's maybe in the courtyard and he sees a beautiful woman, that's his first thought, he sees a beautiful woman, Bathsheba. He sees her, but then it, didn't just, it wasn't just a thought and a passing thought, he didn't just let that go. It became a thought in his mind and then his heart and then he asked a servant to go and find out who this lady is and then it led to adultery and then it led to murder because a thought was planted, it was planted in his heart and then the actions followed from that thought. Our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts dictate what we do in our lives. Eve in the garden, Satan came and, and said, did, did God really say you should not eat from this tree in the middle of the garden? If you touch it, you will die. And she thought about it. She entertained that thought and then she lived out of that thought. Paul is saying the key to transformation, the key to being made new, the key to becoming more and more like Jesus is it starts with renewing your mind. And all of the time we have hundreds of thoughts coming our way. But we can't be passive in our minds. It might sound really simple, but I just wanna say, you do not have to believe everything that you think. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, have you ever been driving along in your car and you think, oh, you're pathetic. I can't believe you just did that. Where did that, you're pathetic, where did that thought come from? Not from God. But we go, oh yeah, oh, maybe I am pathetic actually. Like, that's a couple of times I've made a mistake. Actually, maybe I am pathetic. And all of a sudden, we've believed a lie, and it impacts how we live. We do not need to believe everything that we think. Actually, Satan will bring temptation. Satan will bring lies, he will bring accusations. The world will bombard us with messages, and even within our own sinful nature, there'll be desires that are not good, that lead to, to sin and temptation, and saying, resist this. Because if you, you, you allow them to, to be planted in your heart, you will act out of them. So really, we could see our mind as a pot plant or a garden bed where seeds are being planted all the time. All the time. But we don't have to 
allow them to be planted. But, but in your day, you might compare yourself with someone else. It's like, oh, I'm not good, I'm not, not as good as them. I'm gonna have to perform better to be loved or accepted in this environment. I'm not good enough. I have to clean myself up or get my act together to be loved. That, that's a thought that comes into your mind. And, and if we allow it, it will plant itself in our life and it will grow and it will impact. We live out of that thing of always trying to perform and always trying to be good enough or never feeling like we're good enough because it's planted within us. Maybe it's I just don't, don't get it right, I constantly mess up. I'm, actually, I'm not sure that I'm worthy of God's love. I'm not sure if God would really love me. And that thought is then planted in our mind, gets a life of its own, and then we act out of that. Maybe the, 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 the lie, I, I can't help the way I am. I've always been angry, I've always been jealous, I've always been insecure. Uh, I, I've just always been like that, and I can never change. And you see, in that moment, if you agree with that, then you're just stuck. There's no sense of hope, no sense of God changing. If you believe that, then it'll dictate the way you live your life. Maybe God would never forgive me, not, not knowing all that I have done. God can't forgive me. And then if you believe that lie that God can't forgive you, you're left with your, your guilt and your shame. And it, Planted in your life and you live out of that. It grows a life of its own. And as I say this, there are probably soundtracks in our lives that have been for decades. Decades, these thought processes, round and round in our mind, never challenged, and yet they impact how we live. Now this one, if, if my circumstances change, then I'd be happy. Well, you know, God promises an inner a peace. And don't we want something that's external of all of our circumstances, that we could be at peace and know that we are loved by God despite our circumstances, know that he's still with us and loves us. But if we believe that it's, everything is dependent upon situations around us, we'll constantly be dependent upon them for our happiness and contentment. About, I, I don't have anything to offer. I mean, other people do. Other people are really gifted, or, but I don't have anything to offer, so I'll just stay here, and that, that's it. Just conclude it and just stay in that sp space. What about in temptation? My sin really isn't that bad. I mean, my sin is not as bad as some, I know that, and it's not, my sin isn't affecting me. How about that? I, I can sort of get away with it a little bit. Um, or maybe I'll just, just this once just this once, that, and that's gonna be the end. It's, it's not true, sin, we become captive to sin. Sin has, it captivates us, our heart, and we become stuck in sin because we've believed that lie. Could be any number of thoughts, God doesn't care for you, God won't speak to you, God can't use you, just planted in our minds. And what about sometimes even here at church, and I've had this myself at times where God's speaking to you and you think, oh, I really need to speak to someone about that. I need to talk to someone. And you say it and then as soon as you say it or think it, the Holy Spirit's working in your life, it's like, why would you speak to anyone about that? People think you're silly. Like, just, you can do it. You just 
Work it out yourself. Don't talk to anyone about it. Or maybe you think, oh, I really feel I should join one of those prayer meetings. I'd I'd like to do that. But what would you pray? You don't even know how to pray. That's not for you. And do you see how in a moment the thoughts just bang, that's taken away. God wanting to do something in you, God prompting, God speaking to you, and then all of a sudden it's just taken away. Why don't you join a connect group? Oh, I don't know if I'll fit in. Or, and all of a sudden, just with, just with a word, Satan will snatch that away from us. Satan won't be clapping when, he, when you wanna go to the prayer meeting. He's not gonna be, yes, you do that. He's gonna be doing all that he can to say, no, you don't go to that prayer meeting. Don't go to that connect group. Don't engage with the scriptures in any way. And if we believe these thoughts, they impact the way that we live. And that's happening in our mind all the time. Thoughts are coming. We don't need to agree with or accept everything that we think. Actually, the Bible teaches us to take captive. The the Bible teaches us to be alert within this battle. Let me read from 2 Corinthians 10, three to five, speaking about this battle in our minds. Paul writes, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. It's a spiritual war. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, these conclusions that we make about ourselves and, and uh, live according to. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. This is what he's saying. The key to renewing your mind These thoughts are gonna come. You don't have to entertain them. You don't have to let them um, be planted in your mind, but you must be aware and you must resist and take those thoughts captive and bring them to obedience to Christ. Is this from God? Is this true? And if it's true, let it be planted in your life. But if it's not, we uproot these lies that are dictating our life and we replace them with truth. From God's word, I'm unconditionally loved by God. In Jesus, I'm fully accepted and forgiven. Allow that root, allow that to take root in your life, that you are unconditionally loved, that you are accepted in Jesus. That will transform your life. Let that dictate the way you you live. Pull out the lies within your mind and begin to renew your mind. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. How much condemnation? No condemnation. Allow that truth to take root in your heart that you know that you are now not condemned in Jesus. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past, there is no condemnation in Jesus. Allow that to take root and it will produce fruit in your life. It will begin to transform. You will become a different person as your mind is renewed. God is with me, God will never forsake me. What a promise to hold on to this morning. No matter what you go through, no matter where you are, no matter how long you live, God will never forsake you. He will always be with you. Does that make a difference? But when you're fearful, when you feel alone, preach that to yourself. Take out the lies and put in this and it will change. It will renew your mind. It will renew your heart. It will change who you become as you begin to live out of that truth. God's grace is sufficient for me, for his power is made perfect in weakness. Take hold of that. This is God's word, this is God's truth. When we feel weak, 
When we feel it's hard, God's grace is sufficient for us. He wants to give you grace. Stand upon that, allow that to take root in your heart and begin to live out of his grace and not anything that we have in and of ourselves. I'm God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance to do. Stick this on your drive, on your steering wheel as you drive to work. I'm going to work. God has planned um, good works for me to do this day. There's purpose in my life. And allow that to begin to fill your life with purpose. Take out the lies and replace it with truth. In Christ, I am a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You are a new person that God is beginning to build into the best version of yourself, more and more like Jesus. The seed has been planted, the Holy Spirit is within you. Begin to live in that identity rather than maybe what the evil one would like to say about us. Or the world. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. How appropriate when things seem out of control. What a verse for, you know, life point at the moment. I know it's difficult. The church is just burnt down, but they can know that even in that, God is working for their good. Yes, there'll be challenge, but doesn't that change your whole perspective on different things in life as we stand upon God's word? Just finally, if God feeds the birds of the air, I mean all those birds that we see, the sparrows, if he feeds them and they don't plant and sow and store up in barns, how much does he care for you? How much more does God love you? If God clothes the flowers in the field in all of their beauty, how much more will he look after you? Allow that truth to guard your mind. The world will say we need this and all sorts of financial pressure, all sorts of things, but in our hearts we can know that God is gonna look after us. Whatever the situation is, that cannot be taken away from you. Stand upon the fact that God will look after you and as you do that, you'll change. And as we do this day by day, week by week, month after month, year by year, I promise you, as your mind is renewed, as you begin to think upon God's truth, your heart will change, the way you live will change because you are who, or beginning to become more and more who God has created you to be. This bike was made to ride fast and ride in the open road. You have been created for a purpose. And there are lies in this world, there's an enemy in this world that will wanna stop us. But God wants to set us free. God wants us to, to live life to the full and as we are renewed in our mind, as this process begins, we will be transformed. That's the promise, the seed has been sown. He will complete that work but we need to cooperate with him. And I must say, as, as we do this, we must find ourselves in God's word. We must be intentional about filling our mind with God's word, whatever that means for us, whether it's reading God's word in, in, in the Bible, whether it's listening to God's word, listening to podcasts, listening to worship music, maybe making a decision to choose a friend and say, let's read the Bible once a week together, whatever it might be. 
But how do we replace all these, all these messages are gonna come for us. We must have the truth of God. They're ready to fill our mind and to fill our heart. And then we'll be renewed. Then we'll be transformed. The best version of you. Some people are worried that if I become a Christian and allow God to change me, I'll become, I don't know, some type of, I don't know, whatever you think, a negative thing. But actually, God just wants to make you in the best version of you, that you can love like Jesus, you can think like Jesus, you can serve like Jesus, you can have fullness of life like Jesus. That's what he wants. And in five years' time, I pray that we won't be the same as we are today. And as I look at a church like this, what could God do as we all begin this process of renewing our mind and becoming the fullness of who he wants us to be? What could God do? So we love like Jesus, we, we serve, we're compassionate, we're merciful, we're generous like Jesus, that he would impact those around us, our family, our friends, and our community. So in a moment, I just wanna pray for us and maybe you just could join me in prayer now. Let's, let's pray. But what I wanna do is just ask the Spirit of God just to speak to each one of us. <clears throat> and just where, where you're sitting, you can just even in your own heart, just ask the Lord just to speak to you. And maybe firstly, if, if you've never entered into that relationship with God, <clears throat> you don't know His presence in your life, you never turn to Him and ask for forgiveness, you've heard these promises today, maybe you could say, yes, Jesus, I wanna give you my life, I need renovating, I need forgiving. I need to take you up on that offer. And, and even in your heart right now, you can just say, yes, Jesus, please forgive me, Lord. I want your life in my life. I wanna follow you. Please renovate me, change me. I pray, I need you, Jesus. You can even just pray that right now. And after the service, we'll have a Bible pack for you as well. But others, maybe it's just a moment now just to listen to God. God, just ask him, ask him really clearly right now. God, what have I been thinking? that's been impacting my life that's not of you. Just ask him now and just allow him to speak. He'll speak. What lies I've believed, what temptation have I fallen for? What areas of my life have I not allowed you into? Worries or concerns? Just hand them to Jesus now. And if, if they're, they're lies or thoughts, they might be those soundtracks that have been there for year upon year upon year, maybe words someone's spoken over. Just even in prayer now, just, just bind that and say, Lord, come with your truth. And just receive God's truth now. Just know, just God loves you. Receive it now. God loves you. God has forgiven you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You have been created for purpose, God's purposes. He's prepared for you good works to do. God is with you. God is with you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Just receive these into your heart right now. 
God will work all things for the good of those who love Him. If He looks after those birds, He's gonna look after you. You can trust Him. If He looks after those flowers, He'll look after you. Just receive that. Just receive His truth into your heart. And so, Lord, we pray that, God, you would continually renew our mind. This is not a click of the fingers. This is a process, a lifelong process for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you've done. Thank you for saving us, rescuing us. Thank you the Holy Spirit is within us, Lord. Thank you that you do the work where we just wanna cooperate with you. Help us to cooperate with you, I pray. That, Lord, we would become the, the best versions of ourselves, that we would become more and more like Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful word for us today. It's our prayer, isn't it? God would renew us. If you're here this morning and Andrew mentioned that prayer there for the first time, you're going, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I, I need you to make me new. These Bible gift packs, we'd love to give these to you to help you on your journey. This is God's heart, is to take you as you are help renew you to transform you if you want to know more about that we'd love to help you on that journey if you want prayer today as well our prayer lounge up the back or down the front here our prayer team we'd love just to pray for you maybe there's a particular thought or something that's come to your mind you're going yes i need god to set me free in this area i need to embed his truth in this area of my life and we'd love to pray for you as well but we're going to worship together as we declare these great truths of all that Jesus has done to set us free, the blessings that are ours in Him. So let's stand together as we worship and respond and thank Him for the amazing work that He has done in our lives, these promises that we can stand on this morning. Let's worship Him together. Oh 
Heavenly Father, we thank You for these truths that we know, Lord. We know to be true in our minds, in our heart, Lord, that You have done, that You have won the victory, that You have set us free, that You are alive, the living one. You are the resurrection and the life, Lord. Thank You for all the promises that are ours in You. Bless each one now, I pray. Lord, as the worship really begins now, as we head out of this service, bless our conversations with one another, I pray. Go before us this week. We ask this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Please be seated. If you'd like prayer in any way, as I mentioned, our prayer lounge, prayer team down the front, our connections lounge. If you're new, we'd love to greet you there as well. But God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us, those online as well. So good to have you sharing with us today.